This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley's pasture-raised chicken sticks. I'm super excited to share Paleo Valley's brand new pasture-raised chicken sticks. These chicken sticks are made from 100% pasture-raised chicken and organic spices that are preserved using natural fermentation rather than preservatives. So yes, no fake stuff or additives here. These chicken sticks are sourced from regenerative family farms raised on American pastures and each stick is free of chemicals, antibiotics, pesticides, and added hormones. Paleo Valley's chicken sticks are a perfect snack packed with 7 grams of protein and frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.com slash nwj and use code nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks again for listening and supporting this podcast. The day of her surgery, they're like, this is going to take eight, 12 hours. We will call you if anything comes up. Well, an hour into the open heart surgery, they called us and we're like, oh my goodness, what happened? Did something go wrong? They're like, we can't do the surgery. Why? And they, she had this. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Carrie Mann from Homestead Howe, and we talk about his carnivore six-month journey and all the things that he has noticed since going carnivore. We talk about TIA and heart palpitations and irregular heartbeats for his whole life. We talk about sleep apnea and using a CPAP machine. We also talk about getting dizzy every time he stands. And then we also talk about his family members of veganism and what that did for his family. And then we talk about how carnivore has turned around so many of these symptoms. Let's get right into the interview. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you on. If you can introduce yourself and share your story with the people that are listening and watching. Yes. Thank you, Judy. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So my name is Carrie. I have been a carnivore for over six months now. I found it. And before carnivore, I had more issues than I can list. I always show people this. These are all the pills I was on. I was on so much medication. I had, um, I was a hundred pounds heavier uh, at my heaviest. I had clinical depression and anxiety for about 10 years. I was on every antidepressant and anti-anxiety medicine. I had, was diagnosed with IBS uh, in 2015, uh, I had an incident at home where all of a sudden I got kind of dizzy and the side of my face got numb and my fingers got kind of tingly and I was just confused. I couldn't find my words and my, my wife called an ambulance and I ended up having a TIA, a mini stroke. And after that, I had several subsequent tests like, why did you have the mini stroke? And then I found out I had sleep apnea which led to the mini stroke and probably contributed to the depression I had over the years. And I found I had a low ejection fraction, uh, which means my heart couldn't keep up with the, I guess the needs of my body wasn't pumping enough blood. And then I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure uh, as a result of that and put on more of these and these just kept piling up and piling up and piling up, but I, I was never getting any better. Uh, and I did that for, for years and years until I found carnivore six months ago. Uh, and it's, it's changed my life forever. I'm on no medication anymore. Wow. I was on a sleep, uh, CPAP machine for years also. 
uh, which I despised and hated. I want to just throw that thing in the trash. I had to like just strap this thing to my face because I always had the beard and I didn't want to get rid of it. But in retrospect, it's just crazy. All of this is just crazy. Like the CPAP machine alone, just the fact that I have to strap this apparatus, this mask to my face, pump air in just so I would not stop breathing. I would stop breathing about 400 times a night. And that was one of the first things when I started carnivore that went away. It was just remarkable. And I I, I went to several sleep studies and the, the sleep doctor said to me, you know, you're about 80 pounds overweight at that time. Uh, you just got to lose some weight. Your neck is really fat and chubby and it's pushing down. But for me, uh, I completely stopped snoring before I lost a pound. It was just inflammation that was causing the snoring. And that was life-changing for me alone because I think my sleep issues contributed to so many of the other uh, issues I had, like the depression and anxiety. When my sleep started improving, those things started improving. I've heard a lot of other people, too, say the same thing. Uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, famous carnivore lion diet, he was on Joe Rogan, and he said he stopped snoring the first week uh, doing the carnivore diet. So um, that's kind of the abbreviated version uh, of where I'm at. But yeah, I've been doing it for six months now. And uh, it's just gotten better and better and better. I also had, they thought it was gout in my right foot. That was what ultimately convinced me to do something drastic or do carnivore, find carnivore. Uh, it was just incredibly painful. I couldn't put any weight down on my foot. They said it was gout and they gave me more of these uh, that didn't work. And then they upped the dosage and it still didn't work. And then they changed the dosage. And for like 18 months before I started carnivore, I was on all sorts of different medications and just excruciating pain in my right toe of my foot. And I finally went to see a foot specialist. Like a, this was the third foot guy I saw. And he was like, Carrie, you don't have gout. It's just horrible inflammation and arthritis. It's just centered in that toe. And the only way to fix it is to do surgery. And they would have had to cut the toe and put like this. So it was almost like a ball bearing, like this metal ball in the joint. Um, and that was, I didn't do that surgery. That was right before I found carnivore. My wife, Jen, and I were watching a YouTube, we're watching YouTube and this video came on from this, this crazy guy, Dante Ferrigno, and he was just starting the lion diet and I was watching it and I had done keto on and off throughout the years. And keto was the only thing that ever gave me a little bit of hope, especially when I had the worst depression I've ever had. I did keto and I was like, none of the pills ever seemed to help, uh, but Doing keto, it lifted my depression slightly, but never anything like I've seen on carnivore. But yeah, we were watching this video from Dante and I knew about ketosis and he said, I'm going to just eat meat. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I've had good success on keto. Uh, but he said only meat. And I'm like, and he was going to do the lion diet, which is the extreme version of carnivore, just beef, salt and water, basically. I was like, this guy's crazy. There's no way this is sustainable. And then my wife and I noticed that video was two years old. So I was like, oh. let's fast forward to right now, present day. I'm like, there's no way this guy's still eating meat two years later. Well, we did that, saw his most recent video, and you couldn't recognize Dante. Looked like a completely different human, lost all of his weight, uh, his face, his demeanor, his smile, his attitude, everything was just improved. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of crazy. And then I, I, I was still cynical. I'm like this guy's just an outlier. I, there's no way this is possible. He's just weird or something. And then I started watching, I found Dr. Ken Berry and I found Dr. Anthony Chafee and 
I can't moderate, which is bad uh, for diet reasons, but I think it's good in other reasons because I'm very strict on carnivore. I do things to the extreme. And when I found Dr. Barry, I think I went to the extreme. I think I watched probably every video he's ever made. I just kept watching more and more and more. And uh, I still kind of wasn't convinced yet. Like I saw his bacon video and I'm like, what is this guy? There's no way he's talking about eating bacon and it's okay. And there's stuff like this. Uh, and then I saw a video Dr. Barry did on type two diabetes. I have a lot of people in my family with that. And he was talking about reversing it. I didn't know that much about type two diabetes. The only thing I knew was I have these family members, extend, extended family that have had it for years and years and years. I didn't think you could reverse it. And he did this one video reversing type two diabetes. It had a thousand comments and almost every comment was Dr. Barry, you saved my life. Dr. Barry, you reversed my type two diabetes. Dr. Barry, my A1C was this and this. And then over and over again, it was like, save my life, save my life. I was like, this is incredible. And that was what finally convinced me to, to do carnivore. And I, yeah, I started shortly after that. It's literally changed my life forever. I always tell people, I still couldn't wrap my brain around, oh, I'm going to just eat meat for 30 days. I told myself at that time, I'm just giving this 30 days and then I'm going to go back to moderating or whatever. Uh, but I restructured it in my brain. I, I I phrased it a different way. I said, I'm going to just eliminate sugar and seed oils and food dyes and all this garbage. Essentially, I was telling myself, I'm only going to eat meat. But saying it that way is like an elimination diet, getting rid of the sugar. I'm like, who who can't get behind getting rid of sugar and junk food and processed garbage? And that's what convinced me to do it. And then I just had remarkable results very quickly. Uh, with, within the first week, I like I said, the snoring stopped. And then the brain fog started going away. The anxiety started lifting. Uh, some of it took longer. My foot didn't start feeling better right away. It took uh, several weeks before my foot started feeling better. I think it was around like day 40 or 50. I was like, oh my God, my, my foot doesn't hurt at all anymore. It was, And that was 18 months of excruciating pain. And the, the foot pain was just completely gone. So um, yeah, that's, it's fascinating that, you know, with everything you shared, that it just shows how important the power of stories is. So it's, it took that one Dante person to have you see their story and then have you now curious to see if this can even help you, um, especially when you're not feeling well and the toe stuff is happening and then the heart stuff and the sleep stuff. And, and then maybe you needed a little bit more of the science. And so you went to Dr. Barry's, but even on Dr. Barry's channel, you saw his comments of all these people you don't know, but of them saying, here's my N equals one. I did lower my A1C, my blood glucose levels. And that was enough for you to finally try it. And that's why I think these shares and stories are so important because again, you could share all the science, all the education. Um, I heard something recently where if, if, if it was all about just educating librarians would be gazillionaires and they're not. Mm. So there's has to be a precipitous or a catalyst to want to change. And oftentimes it's the stories. It's the stories of, I don't know what, why this works. I know it sounds crazy that carnivore works, but it does. And here's all the things that have happened. And, and now you're living proof of that. And I just wanted to touch upon some of your symptoms. So you said your sleep, your snoring went down. And I hear that so often as well. When did you get off the CPAP machine and how did you know that you didn't need it anymore? Thank you. 
Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Great question. I always caution people, you have to be careful and don't just drop off of things. My CPAP machine, I'm, I'm pretty sure most new CPAP machines are like mine. Mine would actually tell me how many apneas I'd have, how many times oh. I'd stop breathing throughout the night. So I monitor that and you could just see it going down. Um, and then I probably should have consulted with the sleep doctor, but I stopped it after watching that for a while. Um, but I encourage everyone monitor that and then talk to your sleep doctor and see, and make sure you're, you're okay before doing it. But yeah, that, that, the technology definitely helped me there. That was the only thing I liked about the CPAP machine. It gave me some good data. So, and so with this, so is that the first thing that you were able to overcome is the sleep apnea? And then the, I know you mentioned privately when we were talking offline, that you had like heart um, things imbalanced with the heart. And then you say that you don't have that anymore. When did you start noticing that you weren't getting the different beats and stuff? Yeah. So the, I had the, um, the TIA, the mini stroke in 2015, that was eight years ago, but my whole life I've had an irregular heartbeat. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was in kindergarten, I had to wear this big, at that time, it was a big heart monitor with all these wires. I've worn one of those probably 20 times since then. The more recent ones are just a little small one you wear, but I've always had this irregular heartbeat. But when I had, it was always an irregular heartbeat, but it was never like, oh, there's anything, there's nothing else wrong with you. A lot of people have a weird heartbeat, but you don't have any AFibs. If you get the AFibs, atrial fibrillation, you could, um, you're stronger likelihood of having a stroke or heart disease. I never really had those or any other issues. But when I, they told me I had the low ejection fraction when I had the TIA, then I then I started getting worried. And then um, for many years, every time I'd stand up, I'd get really dizzy. We go to one of the constants. I know it's anecdotal, but one of the constants over the last like 10 years is my family and I, we always go to church. And at church, it's a lot of stand up and sing, sit down, stand up and sing, sit down. And every time I would stand up at church before carnivore, I would get really, really dizzy. And I'd have to grab on the pew and my wife always was next to me just in case I'd like get dizzy and fall over. And that stopped on carnivore. That was crazy. But the other thing that stopped, this was the most recent thing. So a lot of my improvements happened relatively quickly on carnivore. Everyone's different. I think right. for some reason, my genetics, I don't know what it is that I, I, a lot of things happen pretty quickly for me, but still, even after I've been doing it six months now it just gets better and better and better. So this, this latest thing with the heartbeat happened a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were watching, uh, more YouTube videos, not da probably more Dante Ferrigno videos, but this was a more recent one. Uh, but we were watching, I were actually, we were watching a movie and she had her head on my chest. We were in bed. She had her head on my chest and we we're watching a movie and she just got up and looked at me and she's like, your heart isn't, your heart is beating normally now. Like what is going on? And I'm like, what? This is crazy. My wife and I have been together since we were 14, since middle oh. school. And she's been to a lot of my um, heart tests and stuff like that. And so I went to the pharmacy because I'm like, I got to check this out myself. And I bought a stethoscope. I actually bought it right from Walgreens. <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy because it's been, I could feel it in my pulse too and everything. But 
my heartbeat that was irregular this whole time is normal again. And then I started doing more research on it. And I've heard other people report the same thing. My friend Alex from the UK, he's a carnivore too. He reported the same thing and I've heard some other people do it. And then um, I've been so fortunate. It's just crazy what's happened in six months. But after day 30, I'm, I'm a YouTuber. I've been doing YouTube for eight years. Most of my YouTube videos have been about homesteading and raising chickens and goats. But when I when I had these remarkable results on carnivore on day 30, I'm like, I'm going to do one video. And just this is so remarkable, all this stuff that's changed in 30 days. And I did that one video and it just took off. And I kept getting these comments from people like, oh, yeah, that same thing happened to me. I stopped snoring. My depression went away. I'm like, like thousands of comments. The video just kind of went viral. I think it has like 700,000 views now. Oh. So I, I'm just a ton of people saying the same thing as me. Um, and then after subsequently after that, I've been so fortunate and blessed to talk to more and more people. Um, like I had Dr. Philip Ovadia on my channel, who's a heart surgeon that's done carnivore. And he was telling me the heart performs much more efficiently when you're in ketosis. It's just like science that's just out there. And the brain does too. Um, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. I immediately called my, my cardiologist. I was like, I got to get in and get some more tests done. And the soonest they could get me in was the end of the year in December. So I'm going to go in and try to get the ejection fraction and all of that stuff tested again. So some of this is just anecdotal, but my heartbeat is normal again, which hasn't, that's lifelong. I was born with that. Um, and at church every single Sunday now, I don't get dizzy anymore. And it's the opposite. Like I literally feel right now I could go run a marathon. I have so much more energy. I'm exercising all the time. And I couldn't do any of that before carnivore. I would get dizzy and I would get lightheaded when I'd stand up. So yeah, that's some of the, the heart stuff that's changed. Yeah, I think, um, so the heart's primary fuel source is fat. And so it prefers fat. And then the brain, um, there's arguments of which one is like the preferred fuel source. So some people will say it's glucose or glycogen, and some people will say it's fat, but we know that the brain is mostly fat and lots of things will pass the blood brain barrier when it's fat, when we eat fat. So it's just, there are more maybe neurotransmitters that can go in and that can support that whole um, depression and anxiety and mental health and, and those areas. So I can see how you're benefiting in general, as you have less inflammation, you're using an energy source that is supportive of our bodies. Um, and that's just an easier, lighter fuel source than if we were to use sugar as for energy, especially going through the whole ATP cycle. Um, curious though, were you ever diagnosed with POTS or the post tachycardia? Um, it's the, it's where basically when you get up really quickly, you get really dizzy. And so you may be one of those people that need a little bit more salt just because you might suffer from that syndrome. It's an no. autonomic nervous system syndrome. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I've heard about that, but no, I haven't. And I've been through a battery of, of different tests, uh, but okay. not, not that one. Okay. And so on a carnivore diet, do you think you consume more salt than the average person or just typical? It's so funny you say that if you see some of my videos or my wife, like I put an incredible amount of salt on my meat. I've gotten so many comments like, dude, what are you doing? That's way too much. But I recently had my blood work done and my sodium was actually just slightly low. <laughs> so I was like, I, I know the chemistry and everything changes when you're on carnivore. Uh, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know how I could get any more salt than what I've been getting. I just kind of paint the steak with it. I did a video before. I was like, it's kind of like painting. You got to do two coats <laughs> and I'm just putting it all over the steak. So, yeah, I feel that people on carnivore, the electrolyte needs or the the major minerals, which is sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium differs. So it seems like there's some mechanism. Now it could be other things that are hormonally because a lot of that is driven hormonally as well, but some people seem to just need more salt on a carnivore diet and some people do better without it. Um, it's just interesting. So that's why I was just curious. And I wonder if your body knows that you need a little bit more salt. Um, and that's why, uh, and that might be supporting if you do have pots, I'll send you some information on it. Um, okay. there's really not much that you could do if you did have pots. It just means that your system cannot regulate quick enough so that when you shoot up, it's you're going too fast for your body to regulate that going up. And so mm. then the brain doesn't get the blood quick enough and then you get dizzy. So one of the mechanisms they say to when someone has pots is to eat more often and then also take more salt. So it, that's oh, why okay. I just wonder if you, yeah, I was just curious. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your daughter. You said that your daughter started the journey with you or around the time you did, but she was vegan. Can you share a little bit about her? Absolutely. Yeah, actually, two of my daughters, uh, maybe I'll, I'll share the other daughter first, Lily, because this was incredible for me. This was one of my other whys for starting carnivore besides my own problems. Uh, I had learned about carnivore through a bunch of sources, like I mentioned, but I also watched a lot of videos from Dr. Jordan Peterson's daughter, Michaela, who is a lion, uh, who does lion diet, and she's had some incredible results. I think she's on year five now. She really reminded me of my daughter, Lily, who's 18. My daughter, Lily, had open heart surgery at 13, and at 15, she had two blood clots. And then after the blood clots, she had this horrible skin condition called HS. Uh, I kind of describe it to people. It looks kind of like acne or inflammation, um, and it was, but it's incredibly painful. And she had it all over her back and chest. In fact, we discovered it when she had to have her open heart surgery. Uh, they gave us a phone, and they're like, the day of her surgery, they're like, this is going to take eight, 12 hours. We will call you if anything comes up. Well, an hour into the open heart surgery, they called us and we're like, oh my goodness, what happened? Did something go wrong? They're like, we can't do the surgery. Why? And they, she had this HS and it was right where they were going to do the open heart surgery, cut open her chest. Oh. They sent her home and they sent her to a dermatologist. They're like, we got to clear this up before we do the surgery. Well, long story short, she went on for five years with this HS. We took her to five different dermatologists and specialists, and they tried pills and creams and all sorts of stuff, and nothing worked. A couple of years ago, Lily came to us and she's like, I just want to die. This hurts so bad. I've gone to all these doctors and nothing is working. And so when I started carnivore, my brain started getting clear. The brain fog started clearing up. I'm like, this whole thing she has, we're like trying everything, and I'm having all these results. I'm like, Maybe it's just the food she's eating. And she had just turned 18. So this was literally day eight of me doing carnivore. I was really early, but seeing some good results. I said to Lily, I'm like, you're 18. I'm not telling you, hey, you got to eat meat for 30 days. You can do whatever you want. But I really think this is the food you're eating. And she's like, all right, I'm going to just try this with you. What do I have to lose? So she went on carnivore with me. And it was like 10 days into carnivore, half of her back had cleared up. The HS was gone. And she went on to do it for 30 days. She did lion diet with me, the more extreme version for a while. After 30 days, all of it completely gone, 100% gone. After five years of suffering, 
And it was just incredible. And it, it wasn't only that. A couple of weeks into it, she she's walked out of her bedroom and my wife and I both looked at each other and we looked at her and we're like, she looks like a different person. Her acne had started clearing up. It was almost gone. The HS was gone. She lost a whole bunch of weight and her mood was just completely like nothing we've seen before. She was just so much happier and joyful, just like a different person. Uh, it, it was remarkable. And that was a, well, six months ago, she, she stayed on pretty long. And then she's like, I'm going to, it's really hard with teenagers and young people. She stayed on really long. And then she's like, I'm going to try keto for a while. Well, she started doing keto and then some of those symptoms started coming back and now she's on carnivore again. So, and she's been doing it for a while and she actually did lion diet with me for, I think like 30 days. So yeah, that was Lily. And it's an incredible thing, but it's also very frustrating because not one of those dermatologists ever suggested anything about nutrition. And that's all it was the whole time was right. nutrition. And the, the last one, oh my goodness, the last dermatologist we saw, they wanted to give her this injection and it was going to shut down her whole immune system. And they're like, maybe it'll work. And I'm like, this is insane. This is like five years of trying different things. None of it has even worked slightly. And now you want to shut down her whole immune system, but not one of them mentioned nutrition. Uh, that's my big carnivore epiphany. Like with every single one of these pills I'm off of, it was all nutrition, the depression, anxiety, the IBS, the stomach issues, the sleep problems, it's all nutrition. So yeah, that, that was Lily. And then, yeah, my other daughter, Emma, Wait, let me, let me stop you real quick about Lily and then we'll talk about Emma. I think it's so fascinating because I was, you know, as we talked before on your channel. So one, a lot of these doctors, dietitians, a lot of them don't talk. Well, dietitians do get trained on nutrition, but they get trained on the, the, my food plate. But in general, medical school does not teach you nutrition. They teach you symptoms and how to work on treating these symptoms and helping them with some type of medication. And it is frustrating because as I told you, when I was at my psychiatrist and getting on every single different antidepressant and then an antipsychotic on top of that to figure out how I can feel better. When I asked about nutrition, they're like, no, it has nothing. It doesn't really have anything to do with it. And it's crazy because if we were to just stop thinking these people are experts and take that hat off and then just think, okay, let's just logically think about how we build our bodies. And I had this conversation with my children when they were really young, but if we want to create a really good elaborate Lego piece or, you know, this thing, you need all these little small pieces to work well. And so that's what food is for our bodies. It's whatever you eat. It's, it's whether it's like a seed oil processed muffin, or it's a piece of meat that is then broken down to the every single molecule to its atom size so that your body can use it. And when there's not enough nutrition, your body will make do until it shows illness. And that's the symptom where your body's like something is not working. And it would just logically make sense. Well, then let's go back to the drawing board of even when we build houses, we think, okay, foundationally, is this on a support system that will keep the house of, you know, standing. And we never think of that with nutrition. We think our dog is unwell or our pet is unwell. And we're like, well, what do they eat? But we never think of that with humans. Yeah. And it's just, we are so bought into this system where we're like, we have to go to the expert, the expert's going to fix us. And never once do they bring up nutrition. So I agree with you. And I, I have young children. And I just think when I see all these kids on medications and antidepressants, I just had another 
family that their child is 10 and starting um, an SSRI. And I just think, or they could try to change the diet. And it's just, no, no, that's, that's so woo woo. You guys are crazy. And it's, and I just wonder how much of our children are suffering because we're getting more injections in them and medications. And then we medicate everything because, Hey, you have anxiety, you have depression, but why do they have that? Right. Why do they have that? And we never think maybe we need to stop the food dyes and the sugars. And I know everyone says it's in moderation, but maybe that moderation is too much for us and it's making us sick. And that really upsets me because I have young children and I just wonder about their generation. If my boys are healthy, that's great, but who would they even marry? Right. It's just this, we have to be healthy as a society and the way we're going, it's, it gravely concerns me because like you're, even though your daughter had that much healing, she wanted to be part of the community, which is so huge too, that she was like, okay, maybe I could eat a little bit more plant stuff and only to find out that no, she can't. And it's just, that's the world we live in. Right. It's just, it's just so unfortunate. I think. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. It's the saddest thing in the world right now. What's happening to this next generation of children, even the ones before that, but none of them are ever going to know what it's like to just feel like a proper natural human. That was my big carnivore epiphany was like, all of this stuff's going on. I'm done with the medicine. I'm done with all of this. But what if I break it down to simplicity? I was, it was such an escape from natural before. I got so far away from what just a natural, proper human would be, not just with the food, but mainly with the food, but also getting sunlight and getting out and exercising and doing things like that. But this next generation of children, like they're so young and, oh, here's apple juice and sugar and all this stuff. And they're inflamed from such a young age. And then they get the learning disorders and ADHD. And then in their teenage years, they get the depression and anxiety. And like, at least for me, I had some normal years when I was younger, where I was eating some proper meat and some proper, proper food, but it's just all processed junk now. Uh, it, it's such a sad thing. I really hope that uh, we can get the word out there and and change it for sure. Right. And then well, tell me about your other daughter. So was your, is it not Lily that was vegan? What is it the other? Okay. Yeah. So Lily's my oldest. And then um, Emma is, we have triplets plus one. Oh, Lily's okay. the plus one. Yeah. The triplets thing was crazy too, by the way. <laughs> Just a quick story on that. Jen and I found out at her five month ultrasound. I don't know why she had the ultrasound relatively late, but the ultrasound ultrasound tech was like, uh-oh. And we're like, what does that mean? Like, oh my goodness, what's wrong? They're like, she's like, there's another one in there. Oh no, I think there's four. Oh no, it's just three. <laughs> I, I almost pa- I almost fainted and passed out then. But thankfully they were all healthy and they were they were okay. They were born at 32 weeks. So yeah, um, Emma is one of the triplets and she was vegan strict vegan, not just vegetarian, strict vegan for five years. I get a lot of comments on my channel. You're a horrible father for allowing that to happen. I'm like, in retrospect, yes, it, it happened one day. She was watching some movie and in retrospect, she says this herself. It was pretty much propaganda. A lot of it wasn't even true, but it scared her. And she's like, she's very compassionate and she loves animals. And so she's decided to go vegan at the time. I was just like, this is just a phase. It's just going to last a little while. And then it went on for five years. Uh, and at the near the end of the five years was uh, into my carnivore journey already. And she was just suffering. She was fatigued. 
Uh, she had acne and hormonal stuff, which a lot of teenagers get, but she was getting it very bad. And she was so tired all the time. She would come home from school and she'd be in bed by like five thirty, six o'clock at night. And she was getting really skinny and just, you could just see in her face. She just looked malnourished. And I think she was tapping out. She's just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I think I hear that story a lot. I don't know like what the right. five year thing is with people on plant-based or vegetarian. Um, and I don't have anything against anyone doing plant-based or vegan or vegetarian. I'm like, that's a thousand times better than the standard American diet. I just, from my experience and what I've seen, it's hard to sustain for a lot of people. And my thing that I was telling Emma too, was she was getting some depression and anxiety also. And before I did carnivore and I had just the clinical depression for 10 years, like suicidal, clinical, horrible depression, uh, for a very long time, I, I tried to stick to keto and I was almost plant-based in retrospect. I'd have a salad for lunch, a salad for dinner. I'd maybe have a little bit of protein and it was usually chicken, something without any fat in it and some low carb vegetables. And I still had horrible depression. I think it was the meat and getting the fatty meat and that, that your cholesterol goes up. It balances your hormones. Your sleep gets better. All that stuff balances. I can't get that eating only plants. I think that's kind of the missing part of it. But anyhow, the crazy thing was I did carnivore and my example, my story, I, I didn't tell Emma, I'm like, you got to do carnivore now. You should do this. I didn't say that to her at all. Just one day out of the blue, she's like, I'm going to try carnivore. I was like, you're going to go from vegan to carnivore. Like that's just such a big switch. And I was like, no, you should just do keto. Maybe just ease into it. Still have some vegetables and ease into it. Cause that's going to be a shock to your system. She's like, okay, dad, I will. Well, she just lied to me and she just went full carnivore anyways. And she started doing it. We actually did a video on my channel. I didn't even do it. Her sisters recorded her. She wanted to get captured the first time she ate an egg. That was the first thing she ate um, out of her vegan diet. And she started crying because part of it was emotional because five years of not eating any animal products. Um, so it was, it was pretty emotional for her. But then she was like, oh, my goodness, this tastes so good. And then I think it was two or three days after that, her sisters recorded her again and she ate bacon and her face, Judy, her face just lit up. It was like a light switch went off. She was like, oh my goodness, this is so good. I'm like, yeah, of course it's good. Uh, you've been eating cauliflower for five years. That was her other thing. She got obsessed with cauliflower for some reason. And that was like her go-to. So like the last like couple months of her being a vegan is like every night, cauliflower, cauliflower, cauliflower. So like you've been eating cauliflower for years. Of course, bacon's going to taste good. And she just thrived. Like her, everything changed. She started sleeping normally. Her mood improved. Her acne started clearing up and she didn't have weight to lose. Uh, that was one very interesting thing. So her, Emma and me and Lily were all doing carnivore. Emma would out eat me. I'm like, what is going on? She was just like eating way more than I was. Well, I still, at that time, I was still losing the body fat. So I, I think I was burning a lot of my body fat for right. fuel. She didn't have any body fat. So she had to eat a lot more uh, to keep up. But she just amazes me because, you know, a lot of people on carnivore, this is one of the things I've learned and a thing I give advice to people for is, uh, again, I was very fortunate. I had Dr. Kiltz on my channel and he was like, Carrie, it shouldn't be called carnivore. It should be called fativore. It's all about getting the fat. If you just eat lean meat, that's not going to do it for you. You got to get the fat. Emma gets the fat. Like she would, I'm like going from vegan. I'm watching her eat this big fatty ribeye and she'll just take a big piece of fat off of it. Just psh, 
eat it like it's nothing. Um, so yeah, she's she's just completely uh changed her life forever. So yeah, she's still she's still doing carnivore with me. She's done a bunch of videos with me. We did uh a, a 10 hour live stream for carnivore and she's she sat through the whole 10 hours with oh, wow. me. We did a 24 hour live stream as well. Uh, she didn't do the whole 24 hour one. I did 27 hours, but she was, she was there for a bunch of that too. But yeah, it's, it's been incredible. I, that's one of the things with carnivore that is so incredible that I don't see with any other diet, uh, kind of the ripple effect. So I started it, my daughter, Emma, my daughter, Lily, my mom is doing it. My mom has been doing it. I'm on month six. My mom, I think just hit month five. My mom and my stepdad are both carnivores. Both of my sisters are carnivores now for a couple of months. So it's like this crazy ripple effect. And I'm like, well, each of them now are their own example. So someone that can relate to my mom, that's my mom's age, is going to see her doing it. And then they're going to want to do it. It's just like spreads like that. It's kind of incredible how that works. I don't see that with like Weight Watchers or any other diet out there. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I didn't even think about that, but it is true. I think it's maybe the the healing stories and power of carnivore is, it is really remarkable. And I think for many people, it has these really magical stories. I mean, I had a really magical healing story as well. So, and then my parents are carnivore. They eat like once in a while, they add an avocado and it's because there's no food sensitivities there, or they'll have some kimchi, as I told you last time, but generally speaking, they they have only meat or they're 98% carnivore. And they don't, they're 71. They don't, they're not on any medications. They had a lot of that metabolic syndrome and now people see them and they, they are curious and open to meat because of that. And they're so much healthier. Like you said, they sleep through the night now. And it's, I think it's when people are so desperate and then they think of a person they trust in their life or that they love and that they've had this really miraculous healing they want it to. And I think that's the thing. Like I'm so sick of being sick and tired. And that was me. I was so desperate, always in the bathroom, n- hugging the toilet and just knowing that there were stories, these crazy stories. And then it was just, okay, out of desperation, fine. Keto's not working enough. And I was plant-based doing keto. And I remember I had the same feelings as, as Emma, when I ate the first meat, it was 12 years of being plant-based. The only thing I ate occasionally was fish, but I felt like I'm failing the animals eating the meat again. And I just, it hurt me. But then after doing all the research, it's, well, we have to care for ourselves and us and then our immediate families. And then we could even think about the environment and the animals. Cause I I guarantee you that most people can't even worry about the environment and the planet and animals because they're just sick in their own bodies. And it's just, it, got me to get there to realize, okay, like Emma and I can help other animals as we become healthier and we treat our lawns better, or we treat our, you know, the, the little environment that we live in, we treat it better and that we can take care of animals in that way and more holistically. And I just think the narrative for plant-based is so strong, but what people forget is yes, we are taking, or we are nicer to animals, but what about us? And if we're not well, well, who's going to take care of the animals long-term or, you know, like our dogs or the, the, the home versions of um, pets, I guess. Uh, So it's just, yeah, I think the, the stories are so important and I think it's incredible that Emma and your family members were all willing to try because now Emma can reach a population, maybe her peers, right. Of 
normalizing eating meat. My kids always take lunch boxes of just meat. And I always get the questions of they don't get feedback from their friends. And it's just, no, they've been doing that since age two of going to school or um, their schools that they go to. And it's so normal to them that they don't ever think otherwise, but they see their friends. They said one friend recently just brings some fruit and some crackers and that's their lunch. Mm. And it's, you know, and I just wonder, well, when, at what point will that person not be well? Yeah. I love what you're saying too. It's just one last point on Emma. Yeah. She did some of her own research as well. Cause that was the big thing, the compassion for animals. And she, I've said this a couple of times on my channel, but I think she's the one that found this stat and people can Google this. I'm not making this up, but, um, 74 million birds die a year from pesticide poisoning mm -hmm. on plants. So Emma was like, I always had this thing on my head. I'm eating plants. Like I'm not hurting any animals, right. but the reality is whether you're vegan or plant-based or you're a carnivore, other animals are going to die. And that 74 million birds doesn't account for all the foxes and deers and billions of insects and ecosystems. So there is a big cost, whether you're vegan or right. plant-based. Again, I'm not judging anyone. If you're doing that and you're not doing the standard American diet, it's a hundred times better. But I really think uh, Emma came up with this. I said this to her. I said, Emma, you're a compassionate carnivore. And then we made these shirts, compassionate carnivore. And you're right. Like a lot of people, I've got so many comments from people that want to learn more from Emma because they have teenage kids. Um, but I really think carnivore is one of the most compassionate ways you can eat because we have one grass-fed cow and I see my cows. I'm so fortunate. My neighbor raises beef. We actually went over and did a video with him, but one cow, I get hundreds of meals off of versus if I was eating vegetables or processed foods that, you know, there's pesticide poisoning and animals and all those other things. So yeah, I really think carnivore is the most compassionate way you can go. Yeah, I, I, you're right. Um, it's, I think when, again, the, the whole plant-based narrative is you're eating the animal and therefore you're a mean person or a harsh person, but we don't think about, well, when we monocrop and all the, all the insects and all the, and and a lot of the even children injections we use, um, they have animal or human and animal cells in it too. So there's just a lot that's not shared in the mainstream narrative. And I just think that um, we can, uh, our hope is to make children's books that will glorify sharing. I can love animals and also eat meat. And the two can hold true at the same time. And there's not a lot of that. There's more of the because I love animals, Charlotte's Web, I'm going to protect, right, the animals and pets and not eat them. And there's so many of those types of books. And I think we just need to help children learn, like I can eat a chicken leg and be healthy and still love chickens, right? And it's, yeah. You have a documentary coming up that you're working on. Share a little bit about it. What was the purpose of it? Who's it for? What's it about? Absolutely. You've transitioned me well into it because a lot of things you spoke about on this call today, you were talking about sharing personal examples. That was the whole idea behind doing this documentary. So I initially, years ago, I mentioned um, I learned about keto and that helped me a little bit. I learned about keto through a documentary that was on Netflix. And so I did my 30 day video on YouTube about carnivore and it went crazy. And I've done a bunch of other videos since then, talked to a lot of people. And I think what's going on on YouTube is amazing, but I think it's just reaching a fraction of the people. So I'm like, okay. if we could get there's, and I haven't been able to find, there was like um, the reverse series, which was good, but there, there hasn't been like a big documentary on Netflix or one of these streaming services about carnivore yet. 
I'm like, someone needs to do this and nobody was doing it. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just, let's do it. I have a lot of video background besides YouTube stuff. I've done video work as a business. Mm -hmm. So I've never done a documentary before though. But my thing was, I want to get a documentary showing the examples of people. Um, this is my clipboard for the documentary. And the the idea behind the documentary isn't to say, here's carnivore, everyone should be doing it. No, here's people that have done carnivore that have obesity, mental health, type 2 diabetes, uh, reproductive issues, heart issues. Um, and we're doing a section on aging and cancer we just recently added. These are people that are using carnivore with those things. And this is just their example. And you could do whatever you want with the example. Maybe you can learn by it. Maybe you can ins get inspired by it. And we're hoping to follow people over the course um, of one year, starting carnivore, going all the way through it. And we've already started filming. Um, I'm going to show this real quick. Shout out to my best friend. This is Bill. Bill is from Alaska. This guy has an incredible story, but he saw, I think, my 30-day video or one of the other videos. And he emailed me and he's like, Carrie, I'm 700 pounds. I'm in Alaska. I haven't left my house in four years. I have clinical, horrible depression. I watched a whole bunch of carnivore videos. I want to start carnivore. And then he came up across my video. And for some reason, he he reached out to me. He just he sent me this essay of a comment. And yeah, long story short, I replied back. I never heard back from him for like weeks. I kept checking. I'm like, it was heartbreaking his story. Like it brought a tear to my eye, just how desperate he seemed and how hopeless he was. I did a whole video then. I'm like, I'm going to get his attention. So I did a whole video. I said, Bill from Alaska, 700 pounds. I had that in the thumbnail and the title. He happened to see it. And then he finally called, he finally emailed me back. And then he called me. And like three weeks later, after I did that 10 hour carnivore live stream with my daughter, Emma, Emma and I were on a plane to Alaska to film Bill and the start of his carnivore journey. Uh, that was some time ago. He just hit day 70 on carnivore. Depression is completely gone. Mood is completely improved. Like one week into it, he called me. He's like, Carrie, I don't know what's going on. My back pain that has been killing me for four years and my elbow pain, it's all gone. I'm like, inflammation, Bill. You got you're getting rid of that inflammation. It's all going down. So he's one of the many people we're filming. And actually, in a couple of days, I'm flying out to Canada to film uh, Maggie. Maggie is an 82-year-old, just thriving on carnivore. She's been doing it. Uh, for 60 years. She's a cattle rancher. And if you see a picture of her, she looks half her age. And uh, she did a video with Dr. Anthony Chafee. And uh, from what Dr. Chafee says, it's just remarkable. He just went and visited her on vacation. He spent a week at her ranch. She's like riding horses and fixing fences. And she's out all day, like working doing work that someone half her age would be having trouble doing. So we're going to interview her for the aging portion of the documentary. But yeah, that's that's the that's the idea behind it. We have a website. It's carnivoredietmovie.com. And we're still taking people that want to register and share their carnivore story. We're covering a couple big stories like Bill's. And then we're also doing this segment. We call it a hope segment. It's um, highly optimistic personal experiences. It's people's like quick carnivore story. Uh, we did that on a, we did a 24 hour live stream a while back for, to raise funds for the documentary. It was amazing. Like Dr. Barry, Dr. Baker, Dr. Chafee, Philip Ovadia, they all came on, but we had a lot of individual stories. Like you mentioned earlier, um, and we tried to limit them to five minutes. We, we had so many of those and they're so inspiring. Just people saying, 
I'm doing carnivore. I started and I overcame depression. And this is this is why I started. This was my why. And then this is what happened afterwards. So we're trying to capture a lot of those for the documentary as well. The, the only other thing is it's getting so like, I want to do all of these justice that I'm like, this documentary is going to be like eight hours long. <laughs> so we're actually thinking about doing the documentary and then maybe doing a series afterwards where we can cover each topic in more depth, like cancer deserves its own right. entire episode or documentary. So yeah, that's the kind of the plan for that. That's exciting. Do you know where you're going to host this? Are you planning on trying to get on Netflix? What's the plan with the audience? My main goal is I want to reach millions of people with this. There's so many hopeless people out there like myself, like Bill, like you, Judy, when you were depressed. I just want to reach those hopeless people. So Netflix was the first idea just because they have the biggest reach. I don't know how receptive Netflix will be to a carnivore documentary, so it might be a challenge. Uh, but there's a lot of other streaming services, too, where we're going to reach a lot of people. So we're, we're, we're keeping our minds open. But the goal is Netflix. Uh, one of the biggest challenges we had was... Netflix and some of these other companies, they have standards. Um, they, there's like Netflix approved cameras uh, that you have to use that oh. are pretty expensive. They're like a cinema camera. So we actually raised the funds and we have the Netflix approved cameras. So we're doing everything with the goal of getting on Netflix. But of course, there's there's no guarantee to that. Uh, but there's also HBO, Hulu and Amazon Prime. And there's... Uh, Angel Studios is a big movie okay. studio doing more documentaries and they've done some really good stuff and crowdfunded stuff. So that's another big one on our on our radar. Well, that's exciting. Do you think that do you have a time frame? And I know it's time is always it's transient, but do you think there is a where you're expecting to get it out a time? Yeah, it's going to be a while yet, unfortunately, because <laughs> um, like, we're trying to follow the people for a year. So oh, that's, right. Is, that's right. Yeah. So it's going to be at least uh, at least a year, probably more like two years from now, okay. uh, maybe a year and a half or two years. Uh, but in the meantime, the cool thing is we're sharing a lot of these stories on YouTube. So and the other the crazy thing is so like this guy, Bill, I mentioned, he started his own YouTube channel. That was his other thing. I'm like, I will help you. I'll, I'll help promote it. He is going nuts on YouTube right now. He's inspiring so many people that were hopeless. So um, we're kind of doing that too as we gather more stories from people. A lot of them are starting their own YouTube channels or I'll feature them on my channel um, so we can kind of keep the momentum going, but okay. keep people, give them a little taste of what'll come up in the documentary, but um, keep them kind of motivated and inspired in the meantime. Yeah, I love it. Our practice, we focus more on, well, we do one-on-ones, but we do we're doing a lot of research because we have a lot of the data points. We do a lot of blood work. And so our hope is to maybe by next year, uh, release like a carnivore study with actual data points of blood work. And, and so it's more than just the N equals one. And so I think it really takes all of us, right? We're not doing as much of the story shares and it's just powerful as much as I know that science doesn't move the needle always, but people want that science. So for a medical doctor or a registered dietitian to possibly even consider carnivore, we also, you know, they always say, show me the study, show me the data. And it's like, so we want, we're trying to tackle it from that end, but we also need the shares of the millions of people that standard care is failing them. And this story shows these incredible healing stories, you know, against everything, I'm just going to try it because I'm so desperate for healing. And I think all of us working together, it really can evoke this change. And you asked me that question on your channel and I'm going to ask it back, but do you think one day that carnivore will be more normalized and that people can heal with the right food as medicine. I, I am optimistically hopeful it will. I think so. I 
like I said, it's just crazy to me how this seems to be spreading because before I started Carnivore, I didn't know what it was. If you would have said Carnivore, I'd be like, what is that? That that weird liver king guy? Like, what is that thing? <laughs> I really didn't know what it was. But now um, my wife and I own our small town movie theater. And so we have people coming in all the time. And I swear, like every weekend now, I get more and more people coming in. It's like, I'm a carnivore too. I'm a carnivore too. And my example I gave earlier, like my mom and stepdad, both of my sisters doing it. It really seems to be spreading like that. I just think a lot of people aren't talking about it now because it's so taboo and you talk about it and everyone's like, oh, you're going to have a heart attack. And then you got to explain yourself so they don't bother. So yes, I am hopeful. And I think it's, I think it's spreading. I think it has to, so many people are so sick and it's just everything like cancer, all the money spent on cancer and heart disease and diabetes. And like all these things are just getting worse and worse and worse. It's got to get to a point uh, where, where it changes. And this is the answer to it. And it's so confusing and hard for so many people, but yet it's so simple. Like it was so hard for me to wrap my brain around carnivore. But once I started doing it, I'm like, this is the easiest thing in the world. It's just right. natural. I don't even have to think about it. I just eat these foods and I feel wonderful. It's really easy. So, yeah, I think the part that's so difficult about carnivore is adjusting so much of what we've been to- told and taught our whole lives of what makes us healthy. You know, when you think of all the children's books and it's always like an apple or a banana that's in the picture, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Carnivore is not just trying a diet, but you have to go against everything you've believed. And now I think the beauty of that is once you eat a carnivore diet and realize, okay, well, what else are they telling me? And I'm learning that is not true too. And I think it's for me, I, I think this whole journey of diet and nutrition has gotten me closer to God. I mean, honestly, it's helped me, uh, really solidify my faith in a lot of things. And I just think, I wonder if that also helps me with my happiness in tandem with the carnivore diet. So I just think it's, it's exciting to help people change nutrition. Cause then I think it will ultimately give people their happiness in their life or the truth or this, what they're seeking in their life for purpose. And I just think it's such a great way to have people um, move in that direction. You mentioned that you have Homestead. That's your, like your base of how YouTube started. How does that relate to carnivore and what made you, you know, sort of go off the grid in that sense? And because it sounds like you've already been a little red pilled in that way of, (laughs) okay, you you don't want to live in a typical suburban house, which I totally am. That's, that's where we live, but you know, what made you do homestead and do you think it's for everyone? Do you recommend it? I've, I've seen things where it's so hard and I know I can probably never do it, but you know, just your thoughts. Yeah. Well, we were living in the city and there was like cars going by and the horns were beeping. And I was watching YouTube forever. I started watching some YouTube channels of other homesteaders. I'm like, man, that looks nice. And I think I didn't know it at the time, but now in retrospect, it was just getting closer to nature and what's natural. I really think all the problems in the world, all the pills I took, depression, anxiety, and now the more I'm learning about cancer, I think the cause of all of these things is getting so far away from that. So yeah, my wife and I, uh, I work from home and I've been doing YouTube and stuff so we could kind of live anywhere. So we started looking and it's like, Hey, the further we get away from the city, the cheaper it is. So we ended up finding our place, which was really far from any big city, but it was kind of inexpensive because it was so far away and it was a big property with 20 acres. And, um, one of the things I really wanted to do was get my own chickens and have farm fresh eggs. Cause I've always liked eggs even before I started carnivore and I couldn't do that in the city. So we're like, let's just start small. We'll get some chickens and we'll, we'll do some eggs. 
well, we did that. And then we ended up making a greenhouse and then we ended up getting some goats and then it just kept expanding from there. We got this big outdoor wood burner. So a lot of the stuff is off grid. I think a lot of it for me was being self-sustainable and not having to rely on going and necessarily, although this is really hard to do for any homesteader, but in in my dream world, starting a homestead, it was like, I could be self-sustainable and then, yeah, I'm still going to have to work and make money, but it's not going to be a be-all, end-all. I can kind of support myself and grow our own food. That was the idea, but it is incredibly hard to do that. It's so funny, like on the vegan vegetable side things, that was one of the hardest things we had doing a homestead. I remember when like the pandemic came around and people are always every now and then people are always worried about, oh, what if everything fails and I got to grow my own food? And a lot of people are like, I'll just start a garden. And I just laugh when I hear that. People don't realize how hard it is to start a garden. At our place, we tried for years. We have really sandy soil too, but a lot of times just to grow stuff, you have to amend the soil. You got to do fertilizers. You got to bring stuff in and then it still might not even work or only certain vegetables might work. So it's very hard to do. But I always tell people like if you can, even if you're in a suburban area, depending on where you are, if they get let you get chickens, that's the best thing in the world. The goats, I could I could go without our goats. <laughs> our goats are kind of a headache, frankly. They're they're kind of cute and fun, but chickens are amazing. Farm fresh eggs, there's nothing like them. I think I did a video a long time ago comparing the the two and like the nutrients you get out of them. So yeah, that was kind of the the story behind the homestead. Kind of a try to try to get more back to nature and natural. And now on carnivore, I'm appreciating it so much better. I'm living more in the moment. I'm going for walks and enjoying the property more and enjoying the farm fresh eggs more, a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I've, um, I, I know several families that have started a homestead and there was one family that told me it looks very glorified online and that it's easy and you're one with nature, but it really is a 24 seven job. And when, if the weather changes, uh, you have to take care of the animals. You can't really go on vacation as easily. And it's just, if your heart's not fully into it, um, it's, it's just a lot of work. And so I just, I I remember during the pandemic, I thought the same thing. I, I said to my husband, we need to get a small farm and we need to start growing our own food. And he's just like, you are the biggest city person. I know there is no way you're going to do that. And I was like, well, maybe if we just raise a few animals and that, that was my thing. But yeah, I just, I, I think it's also, it's just not practical for everyone, but yeah. um, it's, it just seems amazing. And, you know, maybe, maybe people start with just, maybe you do a trip on a homestead and see, would you even like to live that lifestyle for even a week? I don't know. But it's funny you mentioned that because that so the whole goal with our homestead was to be self-sustainable and like mm-hmm. grow your own food and all that. Well, that's really hard. We like we haven't even I'm good. I'm trying to get a cow next. We, uh, my neighbor raises his own beef. That's going to be a big one. But we have been very fortunate to be completely self-sustainable, meaning I've never had to leave the homestead to work. But we turned our homestead into a business. So we started a four run dog kennel that supports our, our, our property. And then we started an Airbnb. It's Our property is kind of like a duplex. Okay. So the second unit we started renting out. So yeah, long story short, just what you said, people come to our property because they want to see what it's like living on a homestead. And it's so cool because for us being here eight years, it's just like, oh, is this, yeah, goats, whatever. When we first got the goats, oh, amazing. We got goats, chickens, but you know, it gets boring after a while, but now we see it through their eyes and we have new people coming in all the time and they get excited and they bring kids over and they're 
taking the goats out. They actually take the goats for a walk. That's our big thing. And <laughs> you could take them out and they'll walk through the trails and through the woods and everything. They follow you kind of like a dog would heal. It's kind of crazy, but oh, that's cool. yeah, that's been a fun part of it. Yeah. I, I would like, I would love to do that. Right. So take my boys. So our kids grew up drinking raw goat's milk forever because with my oldest, I had to stop nursing. And so I always was looking for that raw milk. That was the research I did back then, even though I was still plant-based, but um, it, it, so for them, I think that would be such an amazing experience to just have them immersed in nature and see the goats and, and the chickens and what work it requires for you to actually get an egg at your table, right. And having to clean up after them and feed them. And I think that is so beneficial, but I don't know if my boys would necessarily be farmers in the end. Right. So I just think it's that it's that mix of figuring out what makes sense for you. And I think what you're doing is so beautiful and amazing. And now I love that you added the nutrition component of carnivore so that if you have somebody coming there to let's say rent your other duplex, and then you talk about nutrition, like, Hey, I saw your picture and you look so different now what happened. Right. And then you bring up something and then they're like, yeah, Oh, that's so weird. I have this heart thing ever since I was young. And then you guys talk and Maybe that's the that's the whole point of you doing that. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. So where can people find you and then the movie that you're working on if people can support it or if they can even donate to it? Um, is it a, what's it called? Is it like a, a nonprofit that they can support? How does that work? Yep. Yeah. The documentary is completely crowdfunded. And okay. it's it, the cool thing was it's, I always say it's not my documentary. I have a whole team of like volunteer carnivores, like carnivores are the best. It started out with three of us. And then more people are like, how can I help? I'm like, join. So we have this project management system. So we actually have all these different sections. We have groups of people, one person's assigned to mental health, type two diabetes mm-hmm. to find experts and to find the best people's short stories to share. Uh, but yeah, it's all at www.carnivoredietmovie.com. There's links on there. You can join our, our newsletter, which is free. You can donate. It's all completely crowdfunded. I put a bunch of my own money into it. I'm not making a penny off of any of this. I think that's why we're in the situation we are in the world right now with sugar and processed food and garbage. It's just greed and money. So it's just right. a, it's a passion project for sure. So you can donate there and you can register if you want to share your own carnivore story. It's all completely free. Um, And then if you want to watch some of the videos, I'm mostly doing carnivore videos now, but I do homesteading videos every now and then. But my channel is Homestead How on YouTube. Okay. And I'll put all of the information in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so fun and learning about homestead and just even knowing that you have a place that you can rent. I didn't even know that. So it's all fun. Yeah. This has been a blast. And I just want to say one last thing real quick. I would love to share your story or some of the studies or things like that in the carnivore diet documentary. If you're, if you're open to that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk offline. Um, I'm happy to, so we do the same thing. So our studies we're paying for it in-house. Like we're not asking for donations because we serve people and do sessions. We make money off that. And so our, what we're trying to do is really help people with studies and get the research out there with our data And so that then it will actually acknowledge from the science community and like have a hat tip of, okay, so maybe we can, if we talk about certain disease states and how carnivore improves it, now we're showing you the model, follow it, and you can prove in your own clinic if this is true. And if it keeps doing that, then more medical practitioners will change their tone. And I'm hoping one day that then we can have doctors accept carnivore and meet them and accept insurance. Right. And that's how we can really help the 
typical person that doesn't have a ton of money to do one-on-ones out of their own pocket. And that's how we're trying to give back on our own too. So I get it. I'm totally willing and happy to support. Awesome. Yeah. I love that you're doing that. That's amazing. Okay. Um, So I'll put all your information in the show notes, but it was um, a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Judy. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you were to leave with anything from this conversation, it's really to consider how important and fundamental nutrition is for optimal healing and wellness. Everything that we do and everything that our body builds off of is based on the nutrition that we take in. And so it is fundamental that we eat foods such as meat that is ample in the nutrient dense nutrients that we need as well as it's in its bioavailable form and that can support our absorption of these nutrients. And meat is truly the best in all these facets. While not everyone has to eat only zero carb carnivore, for many people, it is a true benefit to eat just meat, but everyone should eat mostly meat-based because it is fundamentally how we can have optimal health. Okay, guys, make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you later. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.